Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Gotta love college basketball in December. We have high scores. We have upsets. We have weird things, as my partner Gus says, go on during this break. And now, Gus, the gift that keeps on giving, LeVar Ball. Are you kidding me with this? I can't take it. Look, there's a zillion directions to go here. Listeners, please thank, thank you for tuning into the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We are going to discuss a little bit of the big baller brand potential league opportunities that are there because it will, I don't know, potentially rival college basketball. So, yeah, we'll give it a try. We'll give it a test ride. We'll see how it is. And then we'll get to some real college basketball in a bit. But, Mike. Gus. Uh, yeah. What, what do you want here? Again, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Thanks for listening. We love you. We hope you love us. Twitter, follow us, SDS Podcast. But I'm rolling up the sleeves. Gus, LeVar Ball, I've had it. I I can tell by the tone of your voice. The issue is this. I'm done with the fakeness. I'm done with the fugazi. LeVar Ball (laughs) is a fugazi. He is a great dad. I mean, he he universally supports his children. He's there. He's the biggest cheerleader. But I'm done with the fugaziness. All right. First of all, Gus, he was not a good basketball player. Different schools, Washington State, something like that. Oh, they're going here right away. He's attacking his overall skill. So he's not good. So he made his life and his his fame, besides his son, Lonzo, who's an excellent college player, on a lie that he could beat Michael Jordan. That, that's where this started. So you know what, Gus? I'm saying it right now. The Screen the Screener podcast is going to go to the moon. We're gonna we're gonna pot, we're gonna start our podcast on the moon after New Year's. All podcasts will be broadcast from the moon. There you go. I'm gonna say outrageous the, stuff. The, the lunar effect. Okay, if you the will. lunar effect. The screen the screener. College basketball lunar effect. Just things that make no sense. Gus, he has now stated that yeah. he is going to start the Junior Basketball Association. That he is starting his own league, which in essence, Gus, will be a developmental league. Sure. And that this will feature. Elite high school prospects who don't want to go to college. And he's trying to make this thing that, oh, the college, the NCA, they live off this. He's trying to appeal to the fact that these colleges make money. Gus, that's great in, in concept. It really is. There's one problem. There's already something that does this, and it's called the G League. It used to right. be the developmental league. It's right. not like this doesn't exist. What the hell is he talking about? All right. So let, 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 can I just take a couple things here? A, a great lead in. Thank you. That was phenomenal. Let's just take what we know right now. Okay. Let's take what we know about the big baller brand. Let's take a look at that shoe. That's that's the thing that everybody's kind of linked into. Yes, he has the BBB shirt and the BBB hat, uh, but everybody has a shirt and a hat. Not everybody has their own sneaker. So let's take a look at the sneaker. 
the three here are my three takeaways from the sneaker, and I think this will parallel perfectly to what we're talking about with the league. One, completely overvalued. Who's paying five hundred dollars for that shoe? When when you look up overvalued in the dictionary, there might be a big baller brand shoe there. I would ra- I would rather pay five hundred dollars for a Jack Salt shoe that says <laughs> that says NA on one shoe and CL on the other shoe. Excellent periodic table use there. Is that is that where you're going? Very nice. We're gonna be on the moon. Might as well have it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if salt's one of the one of the elements that's uh, that takes up the moon. We might have to do some research on that. So number two, it's spotty craftsmanship. That thing is not a well designed vehicle for your foot. So we have they're overvalued. The craftsmanship is, is spotty at best. And then thirdly, it's just not visually pleasing. That's not a shoe that I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take a second look at that. Or, ooh, what's that guy wearing? None of those things came to my mind when I first saw that shoe. So, and I think that's what's going to happen with this league idea. Number one, it's going to be overvalued. The numbers that he's spitting out that he's going to pay these players, how is that even possible? What, what, what is the business model? Gus, it's not. He is basically doing a Ponzi scheme. He is using money that doesn't exist to promise money for other people. LeVar Ball is a Ponzi scheme. And he's based this, Gus, off of Lonzo Ball, correct? Well, he is the icon. Who is not playing well. His stats, Gus, are 33% from the field, 27% from the three-point line. I called him a poor man's Ricky Rubio before he was drafted. Do you know what Ricky Rubio is shooting from the three-point line, Gus? 29%? Sounds about right. The craftsmanship of this league I mean, they're going to go to NBA floors. Like, are, are you telling me people are actually going to go they to the building to watch a game yet. like this? They don't even have right. Rented. And then it's the, the the product that they're putting out is not going to be visually appealing. Yes, did some AAU games this summer like get a zillion, not a zillion, but get a high number of Facebook Live feed watches? Yes, of course. But that was with Zion and his son like going head to head. In a standing room only gym, what are you going to do in a cavernous NBA arena where there's literally 100 people there? I I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense on any level. All he's doing, Gus, is throwing numbers. So the numbers he threw out is that they would pay a player between $3,000 a month for a lower end or $10,000. So, Gus, let's say that it goes about six months, right? You want to say the season goes about six months? Okay. Okay, I'm just going to be generous. So, Gus, hypothetically, he's doing a – it's a Ponzi scheme. So he's saying, uh, hey, Marvin Bagley or or, or, hey – But how about this? Hey, Billy Preston. Preston. Hey, Billy Billy Preston, by the way, who's on the side of a milk cart. There's a better chance of finding Jimmy Hoffa, where Jimmy Hoffa's better than Billy Preston right now. It's out of control. He's saying, okay, DeAndre Ayton. I can, I'll guarantee you $60,000. Gus, here's a problem. I think G League's around 25, 20, 25 ish, somewhere in there, 30 maybe, maybe, I don't know, somewhere in there. With the, with the opportunity for that's a two way contract. That's it. Is your, why would I take $60,000 to be on the Junior Basketball Association with a guy who is a terrible basketball player? He's basically Kim Kardashian, right? Kim Kardashian was a very attractive woman. Okay. It's gotten a little older now, but she's very attractive. That's how she made her money. LeVar Ball has a mouth. And Lonzo was a very good college player. Wouldn't say great. Uh, My man was already declaring for the draft before the game was over, basically. (laughs) Okay, against Kentucky. Very good memory. I love that you brought that up. The difference is between him and us is he has a son who played very well in college, who's now in the NBA, and he strutted onto a TV set, which has now become a GIF. 
He told a a female sports reporter, stay in your lane, which is borderline rude. And he makes grandiose statements and started a shoe company that we have no idea whether it's making money. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I think I think we have an idea if it's making you th- money or you not. Th- you, right. I, I, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, so, <laughs> Gus. Is that going to sell DeAndre? <laughs> no, no, I don't know why it will either. Here, here's the and and you know what you are you are you are just getting at the point of the problem. You're almost there, so I'm going to help you get to Please that. Do. I'm going to help you get. I'm there. breathing in a paper bag right now. Go ahead. It's, it's easy over there. <laughs> Here, you're you're just about there. What do these guys want? Most of these guys, maybe they don't want to go to school. I, I get that part. I understand that. That's okay. I'm not totally okay. With, I'm not totally in love with that, but I understand that part. I understand that there are going to be guys that only want to go to school for this year and then go to the NBA. I, I, okay, great. You know what they want though? They want to get better. You know how you're going to get better? You're going to get better by great coaching. You know where there's great coaches? In college basketball. Of course. Do you know where else you get better? You get better on the practice of floor. Of course. You know how you get better on the practice floor? Against playing against better players. Where are those better players? On your team. And seniors that have been on that team through the program years and can teach you invaluable things. That does not currently exist in the BBB. Gus, league. did you see the PK-80, which is the greatest in-season collection of talent basket, college basketball tournament that we've seen in quite a long time, Gus? There were oh- – It was – it was, it was there were open seats all over the place. Just because college basketball takes a while to get warmed up, who is going to Seuss for the, the LeVar Ball Junior Basketball Association game between Sioux City and Jingsu Monkey King? No one is going to that game. Do you think DeAndre Ayton, because you're throwing him, Gus, an extra 30000 that he could make mm-hmm. unless he went to the G League, right? 30000 right. bucks. Will you think he wants to play in that game or he wants to play against Arizona State on December 30th at home? Okay, where 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 does he want to play? Once or 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 bang heads against uh, a Dustin Rustic in practice uh, every and day Gus, and when, and learn from Sean Miller. Course. Like what what are you asking? That's an impossible. Arizona fans say Sean Miller's terrible coach. Okay, guys, we'll see you in March. See how you feel. Okay, and as soon as DeAndre Ayton is drafted, what is he going to get? He's going to get a contract for some sort of apparel, and it's probably going to be a shoe. So I don't think the 60000 that he makes playing for LeVar Ball is going to sway him. This is a marketing scheme. It is a Ponzi scheme. I will give him one thing, Gus. He is a very supportive father. That's what I will say. Here's the other part, too. And I don't know if this part will get discussed at all uh, in other places, but I'm willing to bring it up here. It's not totally outlandish that this starts or furthers the conversation of changing the amateurism yes yes it's true the one and done very good i think this will be part of the equation now is this the answer no this is not the answer this is not the solution but by him pushing these buttons and adding some valuable i don't know pot stirring to the conversation is it useful i find it useful in that matter Bingo, bango, Gus, you're right, but I I challenge you with this. What you're saying was 100% correct. Here's my question. After the Mm -hmm. Adidas scandal happened, don't you think that the ball started going, the snowball started going? This will help it along. This will absolutely support that. So you're right. There will be residual effects. But once the Patino thing thing happened, Gus, I am confident the NCA was saying we got to fix this. So I feel like the snowball started. But I get it. I do think it helps it. You're right. That's fair. Maybe that's the benefit 
of this conversation that we're having and the conversation that's going to follow, you know, the next week or so with, you know, other places that you're going to hear uh, this topic brought up, uh, whether it be PTI, whether it be another college basketball podcast that you really enjoy. I, I think that's the positive part of this particular topic. And it takes a little while to get there, doesn't it? It sure does. You just want to like throw this against the wall and have it be smashed and, and see if anything sticks. I think that's the one thing that might stick from this. I think it helps push the conversation towards a solution for the NBA and the college game can work together and find a solution to the one and done and a, an adjustment on the amateurism rules. Absolutely. I'm done. I don't know if you got anything else to say. <laughs> okay. LeVar okay. Ball's a Ponzi scheme. He's an excellent supportive father. He's also supported his wife through some medical issues, which I respect as well. The guy is a personality. He's basically like Apollo Creed. Remember when Apollo went out in Rocky with Drago and he did the whole press cut? That's what he is. But he, th- why do we continue to give him credence? We're talking about it, folks, because it's all over the media right now. What If LeVar Ball says, Gus, that he's running for president, people are going to vote for it. I just don't understand this anymore. Some people have, as, as my old pastor used to say, charisma. Okay. Some people have charisma. Some people don't. He's got it. We're talking about it. But Gus, this is not going to work. <laughs> the LeVar Ball Junior Basketball Association is not going to work. And then I think we can just tie a bow with it on this, right? Here's why it's not going to work. Since you said it's not going to work. Number one, there's zero brand, there's zero following, there's zero foundation. Two, there's uncertain results. What's going to happen after? Like, are they going to lead up to the NBA draft? And what's the follow through? Like, how does he follow through with these kids? I feel like the college coach slash program is invested in the students that they bring in, even if it's only for one year. Look at Calipari at Kentucky. Everybody that goes there for a year is part of that family. Look at Izzo at, at Michigan State. I know these are like the highest of highbrow examples, but still, what's the follow through? I think that's the part that's not there for this. And, I, and that's going to be the, the ultimate reason why this is not going to be successful. Totally agree. And again, I'll, I'll say it one more time, Gus. The only thing I saw from Lonzo Ball when he was in college that I thought was NBA ready was his passing. Yep, yeah. And I could see him, Gus, being part of a championship team. Absolutely. He, I'm going to go as far as he, he was a little bit of an artist. With Absolutely. He, he can, you get put talent around him, he will, he will help talent get baskets. But I don't see him as a second coming of Magic Johnson. I never saw that. I thought De'Aaron Fox was a better scorer. De'Aaron Fox is working on his, his three-point shot. He's getting better, by the way, Gus. And I thought that, that uh, De'Aaron Fox was a faster player than him, and he was. Oh, without question. But Lonzo Ball's a great player, and that's what he's been. He's been a great passer. Gus, he's averaging 9.3 points per game, 6.9 rebounds, a lot of rebounds for a guard. Very good. Sure. Okay. Yeah. List him at 6'6". Six, six. He's probably 6'3". It's fine. 7.1 assists. That's what he is. But that's not a guy that you can sit there and say is going to be a shoe-based guy. Okay? He's not. Not yet. And just to finish up on Lonzo here, you used the Ricky Rubio comp. I'm going to go back to my. I'm going to go back to my original comp. It's Vern Fleming. <laughs> but Vern Fleming, what a good call. Indiana. Vern Pacers. Fleming was good, though. Vern Fleming was an excellent point guard. Was he a better think, defender? I think he's a better defender than Lonzo, no? Yeah, yeah, Vern Fleming was a pain in the butt. Yeah. But I think that's like his ceiling. I think he can get to that type of player, be averaging well 15 points well a game and seven assists. I think that's I think that's reasonable. L- Gus, well done, man. Well, Lon- Listen, Lonzo has a long NBA career. I told you this thing's going to have a sustained success career. He's just yeah. not going to be a 20 and 10 guy. That's not his thing. Maybe he doesn't have to be. He can still win titles. He can win titles not doing that. Sure, he doesn't have to be Steve Nash. He can be uh, he can be Avery Johnson. 
Right? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, he can be that sort of point guard that is surrounded by talent that helps talent get better. I'm sure he'll throw some great passes to Russell Westbrook. I'm sure that would be exciting to see, right? That wouldn't be bad. I don't know if, if, if Russell lets him have the ball. How about Giannis? It'd be good setting up Giannis. I mean, I'm just saying, like, they, they, but he needs, I agree with you, needs support. Yeah. Thank you very much. Speaking of, like, great passers and, and transcendent talents, I think we have to immediately transition into Trey Young, right? What is the problem? <laughs> what is the problem with Trey Young? Uh, for real? Are you kidding me? Out of control. So the guy puts up absolutely outlandish numbers in just 29 minutes in a, I'm sorry, a 105, a one, I'm sorry, 105-68 win over Northwestern State. So he puts up 26 and 22, right? Northwestern State made a tournament a couple years ago, right? Yeah, and North, Northwestern State has a decent guard in West. Like yeah. West came back. He's that guy that came back for, I think, a sixth or seventh year of eligibility. Really good college basketball player. So he's matched up against another decent point guard. What does this even mean that he does 26, 22 in 29 minutes? I can't make sense of it. I don't know. So I think we have to go ahead and play the same game that we just played with Lonzo. Like what names jump to mind? When you, I, I, everybody's gonna, you know, we we've seen the comps with 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 Steph Curry, so we're not gonna go there. We're gonna go dive a little deeper, Mike. Just off the top of your head, did you have any comps? I have a couple here, so if you don't, I can go right into mine. He's just he's so flammable. We used to call Vinny Johnson back in the '80s, and listen, I'm not comparing him to Vinny Johnson. I'm just saying because he heats up quickly. Trey Young heats up so very quickly. He is so flammable. He get how about Abdul Rauf Mahmoud Abdul Rauf yeah like yeah, that type sure. of player like he he's in, Gus he's shooting almost forty eight percent from the field now you know that moniker which I always use for players because that was me as a player Gus you know I say I'm good because my mom says I'm good and that was <laughs> yes. me okay you know stop it you were better because but, your mom said you, you're, you're better I'm, I'm saying but like I, you know I had to work hard you know not naturally gifted okay you know you know taking charge it's, it's the type of player I was okay and there are players out there who I, I will say that acronym to. Trey Young is the opposite of I'm good because I'm saying it's good. Trey Young is good whether his mom thinks he's good or not. Okay. He is incredible. The handle, the shooting. The only one I can think of, man, I'm dying to hear your comps because they're better than mine, is Abdul Rauf. No, that's a great one. I, you know, I wasn't really thinking that. And if you remember, yeah, if you remember Chris Jackson at LSU when he played that uh, one or two years with Shaq. Did he have 60 in a game? I think he did. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he was kind of insane and played with that smaller frame. I think he was a little bit smaller than Young. But I think a couple of guys jumped off the page to me, right? Like, just came to mind immediately. How about a very, a very, very, very more athletic Scott Skiles? You remember Skiles had that 20 and 20 oh, game? The, in the, I could see the assist. Yeah, the assist is the same. Yeah, absolutely. 20, 20 assist decent, game. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was a decent uh, shooter. Michigan but, State, uh, yeah. So that came to mind right away. How about this one? How about Steph Marbury? That's a good one. When Steph was at George Tech? Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Same type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or when Steph had like his great years uh, with the Suns and maybe that one or two great years with the Knicks where he was putting up giant numbers and just seemed to like bounce off of people and could find the seams like Trey Young does and and wasn't totally selfish. And how about, how about another guy that's been in the news, unfortunately for the wrong reason? Charlotte got rid of their coach, Mark Price. How about Mark Price at his peak? Yeah, I think he was even better. You know, the thing is, it's that what you're doing is so great. Because he's such a good assist guy that he yeah. is going to draw those comps, like you said, of Price and Skiles. But he's such a good scorer also that we're going to go to Curry. I mean, that's what be because he takes shots. You know, the guys take shots. No, 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 no. Okay. That's what yes, he does. Yes, yes, yes. But it's, it, and that's why Abdul Rauf, you know, he had the Tourette's, I think, the Tourette syndrome. And he used to talk about that, how he had to like do things a certain way, obsessive compulsive, I think, to a certain extent. And, and that, so he was so good at taking off balance shots. That's what he is. But the assists are right there. I mean, setting up your teammates, he is making that team dangerous. They could be the favorite in the Big 12. 
it's not crazy. And the last one, and I think this is where, you know, you can, we, we, we stop and say like, okay, we're comparing him to two league MVPs is Nash. Like, I think you have to compare him to Nash simply because of the straight up That's shooting numbers. That's the best one. That's the best one. Very good. Yeah. And Nash always had a knack of finding those crevices in the defense and was great with those one footers and those floaters. And I feel like his floater and in between game is very, is very Nash like. And the yeah. way that you can find like the, you know, the, the openings and, and the creases in the defense. Yeah, very good. He's got the floater down. He, he, he knows his height. He's very self-aware. His great self-awareness. Knows oh, my his God. Height. His athletic IQ is through the roof. Are you like, kidding me? Yeah, I don't see him, Gus, getting to the basket and getting pinned a lot. You know, like he, oh. he, he, know, he can contort his body, his agile, everything. It's incredible. It, it is fun to watch. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with Kansas. I, I just can't. And listen, the reason I'm saying Kansas, I've talked about last two podcasts, man. I just think Kansas is vulnerable. I know they got D'Souza back recently. Cunliffe they got back also. Billy <laughs> Preston, who knows? But I, I just think they're vulnerable, even with those guys. And Trey Young is so good, and he is making so many people better. And Wichita State, although you put out a great tweet about Wichita State's defense, but it was an excellent tweet. Like, yeah. when are we going to start talking about it? But right. you, you put up those points against Wichita State, even if they're not playing their top shelf A defense, it's impressive, man. He's, oh. been, he's been incredible. Yeah, I, again, I think he's been – He's been the Jimmer. He's been the uh, Adam Morrison. He's been the uh, he's been the Christian Leitner. He's been like that player that you must see. He's got it. You have to get to the TV to watch this guy when he's on. Uh, when he's on, he, he's he's that type of performer. I'm so impressed, and I, I want more comps coming. I mean, if you got a great comp, send it out to us at, at SDS uh, uh, Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear what you guys think of Trey Young and and hear. Your comments for who you think, like what he can project forward. Uh, we'd love to hear that. We'd love to read it. We'd love to share it out with everybody. And Tra- one more thing about Trey Young, Gus. Listen to their schedule coming up, Oklahoma. He's got Northwestern, not going to be easy. At TCU, that's a huge game. Let's not just look past the other ones. Oklahoma State at home. At West Virginia on January 6th. Texas Ooh, that's, Tech. That's, that's a good one. Like Te- mark your calendar for that one. That's a great one. Texas Tech at home. TCU at home. At Kansas State. At Oklahoma State. Here comes Kansas January 23rd. Boy, that's a tough run, Gus. I that mean, is a tough run. That matchup with Evans and Texas Tech is going to be awesome. Yep. And wow. and uh, and you get to February. Last thing I'll say, you get to February, Gus, on February 13th, day before Valentine's Day, at Texas Tech. February 17th, Texas. Then he goes to Fog Allen on Monday, February 19th. They play Kansas State. If you want to say that's a bit of a respite at home. And then they go to Baylor. I mean, it, Trey wow. Young, folks, he's got the gauntlet. Let's see if he can run it. Once he gets into conference play, I, I think that's going to tell the truth on him and whether he's really a top five NBA pick and uh, a, a viable candidate for national player of the year or if he kind of regresses back down to earth. I, I am so eager to watch which way it goes. Or maybe he just keeps balling out and like, you know, breaking people down off the dribble and shooting unbelievable one-footed floaters. Like, I, I can't wait to see that too. That'd be great. God, I love college basketball. What do we got next? <laughs> okay, let's give a rundown of uh, the games that happened on Monday and Tuesday for the folks out there. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then we'll see where we're at and uh, maybe we'll, sh- we'll close up shop for the, for the evening. On Monday, let's pay attention to number 25, Creighton. Got a great win over UT Arlington, 90 they to did. 81. They did. You know what the curious thing about this game was? That your guy, Neil, he did not start the game for personal reasons. And I felt like that put UT Arlington in a hole that they were trying to claw out of the rest of the game. And Foster balled out. 
Dude had over 30 points. So again, we talked, we called for Foster being, I called for Foster being on a uh, third team All-American. I thought he was going to be, have a huge year. He's not disappointing at all. He had a great game against Gonzaga in the first half. He had a great game here against UT Arlington. And Kevin Hervey had some foul trouble and just couldn't do quite enough to pull UT Arlington all the way back. But great win for Creighton. I think this gives the Big East another quality team that's going to give some of those top Top shelf teams like Seton Hall, Xavier, and Villanova, uh, something to think about when they go to Creighton to play. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be an easy get at Creighton, especially with such, because they're playing at such a high efficiency rate offensively. Yeah, you know when you're talking about these mid majors like UT Arlington, who we love, Gus, you can't. Eric Neal didn't start personal reasons, like you said. Right. That that's a killer. That that's a killer because they don't have oh. depth. That they don't have depth, right? So it's like you you don't have a backup for the nation's leader in assists, right? You you don't you can't be <laughs> Middle Tennessee State, right? Exactly. Well said. You can't be Middle Tennessee State playing Michigan State and have giddy pots. You can't have upshore giddy pots that you're getting foul trouble. They didn't. That's okay. The chance Eric Neal, leader in assists, can't do that. Creighton got out to a 52-32 lead in the first half. No fooling. I mean, flip the script, Gus. Remember when the whole thing went down with uh, Maurice Watson last year with Creighton? Sure. Once he's yeah. out, it's over. It's a tough one here. Great win for Creighton. Listen, ranked 25 in the country. Good for them. Foster's been great. You're right on the money with that. Kyrie Thomas has been really good. Absolutely. It's a killer. Because Neil, I, the personal reason, Scott Cross, we had him on the podcast. Great job. Sure, there's good reason. But that's, uh-huh. a, real, that's a real killer. I did. We did put out that we want to take the over on this game. And then we hit the over on this, which was very nice. I was very happy about that. Uh, if, if, if betting was legal. And yeah, interesting, Gus, it was Creighton by 13 and a half. Neil comes back in the game. They outscore them 49-38. If I'm the team and I'm Scott Cross, I'm frustrated because that means if Neil played the whole game, Gus, they could have won it. I don't see why I couldn't have been more competitive with him in the, for the entire period. I, I totally agree with that. I think we got to talk about Indiana falling to Fort Wayne again, right? Oh, absolutely. Yep. I mean, this two-game span is like the highest of highs. You beat Notre Dame with a great win with Bonzi missing that shot at the buzzer and Jawan Morgan going crazy in overtime. Like, what else could you want from a college basketball game? And then it's just followed up by like a simple reality check. Like, so Indiana fans got unbelievably high, and then, like, boom, okay, here's reality hitting you in the face again. John Conchar was just really good again. He's just a really good college basketball player. He had a line of 16, 7, and 7 here. Uh, you know, I remember him playing really well against Notre Dame last year in a close game, which I think was like a 10-point loss. He had 18 and 9 in that game, playing all 40 minutes. And also in the OT win that he had against it last year against Indiana, he had 15 and 11. The dude loves playing up in competition. We'll talk more about playing up in competition a little bit later, I'm sure. Yeah, I think Conchar, is, it, it, he's, he's only a junior too, so he, he could come back and they can do even further damage. So what does this speak to? Does this speak to like Indiana just like, you know, we talked about this regression thing. Is this just them getting a reality check? Is this Fort Wayne playing well or is it just a competition? Combination of the two. It's Fort Wayne playing well, and you know these these teams that live and die by the three. They're very dangerous. They took thirty threes in this game, Gus. They made seventeen. It's fifty six. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're good they're point. Gonna, the three point line, very good. They're going to shoot fifty six percent. You're going to beat anybody. That's just right. what's going to happen. Very good. Caseon uh, Harrell was incredible. Six of eleven from three point range. Twenty eight points. He's hot and cold. Three yeah. of the last five games, he's had less than ten points. Two of those games, he had twenty six or more. That's what you're talking about. The dangerous team. Indiana was home. It's a rivalry. Anything can happen. They did have a big win over Notre Dame. I think that was unexpected. I think that bought him some goodwill. I think that balances out with this loss. Maybe still even in his favor a little bit. Archie Miller. Fort Wayne did a nice job. You have a team with a three-pointer like this, and it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. They only lost by about – they lost by 19 to Kentucky. So you never know. It's a team that you just don't want to see because they're going to be ready to play. If your team isn't ready to play, they could be in a lot of trouble. But they got a two-game winning streak going. Good for them. Yeah, they uh, and they know the script from last year, so it's not like it was an unfamiliar territory for them. 
Um, but yeah, getting I think getting it on their Indiana's home floor was uh, not vexing, but just peculiar uh, and interesting. Another game we got our eyes on was SMU just stomps all over Boise State. Watch 80, this one. I watched 86, one. Uh, 63, right? Just how can you not be impressed with SMU, right? I mean, we love Shake Milton. We love his diversity on offense. He, he's, he's a total killer. Um, he had this like unbelievable crossover step back jumper that would look just look so smooth that you know that he's going to be a player at the next level just with a combo move like that right there. But these ponies have a few other weapons, Mike. The Arkansas transfer, Jimmy Witt, doing everything well. He's helping Shake handle the ball. He's, he's shooting, excellent. He's shooting 50, 50% from the field, right? Against zone, he's a killer. They stick him right in the middle there. He's got long arms. He can do it all. Absolutely. SMU is basically staying the AAC. Hey, Cincinnati. Hey, Wichita State. Don't forget about us, okay? We're still the kings until you knock us off. Absolutely. Emelagu is one of my favorite players in college basketball. I love Emelagu. He's fantastic. If you had an all-Mike Randall team, he's absolutely on there. He reminds me of Semi Ojale. He goes inside. He goes outside. He gets threes from the corner. There's a great play where SMU made a steal early in the game, and then they tried an alley-oop from how about half court. I think it was Witt who passed it. I'm not positive. But right. he basically did the tap from under the basket because he knew he couldn't get it in out to Melagu, who was standing in the corner on the three-point line. So it was like a, you picture a half-court diagonal lob, jumps right. up, taps it out, Melagu bangs it, timeout, game is over. Uh, Boise State, really good. A fan of yours, Mountain West, talked about getting multiple teams in the multiple bids in the Mountain West before. Yeah. yeah. This, was S- an opportunity. this is an opportunity for them. Uh, but SMU, just pro- they're, they're just proving people like we're really good again. And they got a home court advantage. They got a great coach in Jankovic, a home court advantage. Gus, Cincinnati, and Wichita State coming to SMU is going to be a tough, tough game for them. I think both those games are live. I, I don't think those are like gimme games. I bet – let's check the line on those games when we get closer to those games happening. I bet it's going to be a little bit closer than you think. And then last, uh, last thing on SMU – Ethan Sharwas. I mean, that guy, the freshman, 6'9", is just what SMU needed. They needed a little size. He's a floor spacer. He can bang the three. He has some ball skills. And you know what? He played Hutchinson to like kind of a standstill Mm -hmm. statistically. Like I was pretty impressed with him. Gus, he's 9 out of 15 from three-point range in his last four games. He's 2 of 5, 2 of 4, 2 of 3, 3 of 6. He's getting hot. He's average yeah. over the last three games. He's got to be averaging close to sixteen, maybe seventeen points per game. Yeah. Jank, a coach makes a difference. A real good coach makes a difference. Which is why Gus, on the flip side, I talked about this before. Louisville is going to have an awful year. I thought it from the very beginning. They're not stiff in the top twenty-five. They're done because you need a good coach. And listen, Padgett may end up being a good coach. It's just it, this is not the right situation. Tim Jankovic basically puts Cincinnati, Mick Cronin, Wichita State, Greg Marshall. On watch. Don't forget about us. SMU is going to be good again. They proved it again against Boise State for sure. Oh, man. I mean, should we even talk about this game? Because neither team scored 50 points. Texas escapes Tennessee State. This is bizarre. 47-46. Yep. Right? I mean, what is going on with Texas? The, I mean, we talked about max value players, right? Is Andrew Jones like a max value player right now? Because like he's that valuable to this team? Boy, partner, that's a really well said. A- Andrew Jones is very under the radar. He absolutely is. He changes everything. Right. Michigan goes down there and beats him down there without him. It- it- he has to be a very underrated max value player because he is changing things. And Shock is going to want to have him back really soon. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you're a top 30-ish team and you score under 50 points at home, I think that's an issue. If Matt Coleman doesn't hit that nice little floater with under 10, 10 seconds to go, 
I mean, are we going bananas saying Shaka Smart is on the hot seat here? Is that is that the position that we're in here? I'm not I'm not really sure. Listen, first half Gus is 25-21. You can't have that in a half. And listen, I told you coming in, no one wanted to hear it. I thought Shaka was on the hot seat coming in this year. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how many you got a lot of resources at Texas. Okay. This isn't VCU. I like Shaka. He had a magic run. Let's remember that was the playing game that year. It's not like VCU was dominating their conference, got like a sixth seed, and then went to the finals. They basically right. had to play their way in and fight their way in. Shock has got to win this year. He's got Mo Bamba down there. Let's get Jones back and see how he does. I'm with you. Let's get that team complete and see if they can uh, continue competing at a high level. I mean, they're still competing well. They're just not executing really well. Uh, speaking of executing really well, number 12, Gonzaga, scored 100 points on IUPUI. Ui Pui, as I heard Uwe-Pui. from my college roommate. Ui Pui, yes, from Indiana, Crown Point, Indiana. Yes, give a shout out there. Killian Tilly had 26, uh, 27 points in 26 minutes, and the Zags got the message after the OT scare against North, uh, North Dakota. Anything uh, – Anything out of the ordinary here for this Gonzaga win? Yeah, I got a message, Gus. I got a message. And the message for St. Mary's. And it's going to extend what I said last time. <laughs> I love okay? this. I got, I got a message. I got a message, folks. You play that powder puff non-conference schedule, St. Mary's, that you played. There is no way on God's green earth that they are sweeping Gonzaga in the regular season. I'm going to be mm-hmm. generous. I'm going to say there is no way on God's green earth, St. Mary's with Hackman getting in foul trouble are coming in to Gonzaga and winning. So right off the bat, right off the bat, their only chance of winning is home. That's Mm -hmm. number one. If they somehow lose those games, they must win the conference tournament. Yeah. Unless, unless, man, there's a whole bunch of uh, top seeds that win their conference tournament and there's not a lot of upsets. I I don't even think that's going to happen. I think they need more help than that. And here's the deal. They're going to, Landau's going to be on all American teams, Gus. People are going to like Landau. They're going to put him in there. So that's going to carry the attention. But Gus, you're you're asking me now. Gonzaga sweeping them both. Oh, I think so too. You know what? You know what's going to happen. Like your your script that you love following is going to happen. You know they're going to throw Landell at Tilly. Uh, Tilly's oh, going to come some on. problems. That's they're going to don't even Larson in, and and boom, we got two fouls in the first half, and sit on down. Don't even insult. It's it's insulting. Please and listen. St. Mary's took care of business last night against Dayton. They had to have that win. They were losing at the half to Dayton. I don't even know how that's mm-hmm. possible, Gus. They beat him 69-54. Landell, 14-11. and 11. I would have liked to see more than 14 in a home game in a must-win against the only non-conference team that you think is marginal. Oh, by the way, Dayton's 5-6, and six, Gus. It's not like this is uh Correct. And Dayton, know, Dayton doesn't still doesn't have any bigs. Right, right, exactly. This isn't St. Bonaventure. Okay, right. with Jalen Adams coming cross-country here. So. And, and Mobley. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, exactly. And Mobley. Thank you very much. No way. So, Hackman. Three fouls, 14 points, and he did better than that. Emmett Nahr, where are you, big guy? I called you Goran Dragic. It's not even happening. Seven points for him. Calvin Hermanson has been the most consistent guy for them. He's been very good. 17 points, four and nine from three-point range. It's fine. Uh, very good. Okay, so Gonzaga back on track. St. Mary's, please be careful. Then let's get to some of the Tuesday games. There's a couple of things that were uh, vexing and uh, not confusing, but just odd. And, and you mentioned earlier in the podcast, how about number 11, Wichita State, fending off Arkansas State? Bizarre. The Shockers gave up 50 points in the first half again. That's bizarre. This, this, is, yep. this is becoming like like an odd habit because we, they, they have been known for their defensive ferocity and, and playing angry. And it just seems like they are here. The floodgates are open here. Go shoot a layup and make some threes. Yeah. Listen, your tweet was right on, man. Well done. They're nine and two. They're, they're five and one at home. The only loss to Oklahoma. They got off to a flying start. They should have beat Notre Dame in the Maui gym invitational, the 67, 66 game. They lost. They handled Baylor, the South Dakota state at Oak state, then Oklahoma. 
and now the Arkansas State game. I don't know what to make of it. I think we'll find out. They gave up a lot of points to, to Mike Dom, too. I, I don't know what to make of it, but I do see an opportunity here for Wichita to right the ship a little bit. You got a frisky Florida Gulf Coast team coming in here in two sure days. Sure do. They're going to yeah, play And, and by the way, Florida Gulf Coast needs that win after exactly. we'll, we'll get to that game in a little bit. Yep. They totally need that win. I'm with you. Then they're in conference, Gus, and they start out with some toughies right away at UConn and Houston. Okay, McDuffie should be back soon, and you don't want – you can't analyze them until McDuffie's back because Wichita State is still not super deep. Okay. Right. So this isn't a, a Michigan State or something like that. So it makes a difference. So if you told me, Gus, they'd be nine and two without McDuffie, I think we'd be happy about it. It's just the way that it's happened that has been perspective. a little Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm with you on the perspective there. And I also think that, yes, we have to wait till McDuffie gets back. But at the same time, I mean, they have a, I don't know, they're like 33rd, 34th, 35th, somewhere like that in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. And that is the highest number for a shocker team over the last five or six years. So I think that's one of the things they've hung their hat on is they've been really efficient defensively. Uh, and that number is just creeping higher and higher and higher as the games pile up here. So I don't know if that's a trend that they want to continue. And I don't know if that trend's heading the right direction. And, you know, if we take a look at who's going to make the final four or who's going to be your national championship, those Ken Palm numbers do help tell the truth. A very rare do you have a Ken Palm number on the offensive side or the defensive side that's over 25 ranked um, if you're going to make the final four or if you're going to make a championship game. And right now, that defensive number for Wichita State doesn't equal out a final four or a championship run. Well done. Well done. Now, Gus, here's a real quick one. I'll throw one in here for you. Yeah. Glass half full or glass half empty? Cameron Johnson made his debut tonight for North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He came okay. in at the 1633 mark. Very excited. North Carolina 10 and 1 without him had done very well. Cam Johnson came in. He had no setbacks. He played tonight for North Carolina at home. 10 points. Real solid debut. Wow. Let- Glass half empty, Gus. They lost a Wofford at home, 79-75. They lost a Wofford? They lost a Wofford. It just came through. Yes. They lost a Wofford, 79-75. So, so Gus, you tell me, man. I tend to be the glass half empty guy. You tend to be the glass half full guy. What are you making of this? Because I don't have an answer. Jeez. Maybe like throw throw this in the, the Ball State Notre Dame glass. Throw this in the BC Duke glass. Throw this in the- It was uh, home. It was home. Even crazier. Throw this in the in the Kansas uh, Washington glass. Throw this in the USC Princeton glass. Uh, Fletcher McGee, twenty seven points, four twelve from three point range. You want you want to throw him in the glass? Maybe maybe he's the reason. I don't know. But Cam Johnson back. You can't lose the Wofford with it without Cam Johnson. But I, that this is a questionable one. That's why it's nuts to bet on any of these games during these breaks in this finals week. It's crazy to bet any games, right? Why can't we remember that for next year? Can we remember this and just start betting like re- a million random games knowing that we'll come up with a hit? Well, why, why are we not We'll hit a couple. We'll hit a few. Because you have idea what the spread was in this game? I have it. Uh, was it UNC by 27? <laughs> but well done. 25 and a half. Okay. Close. 25 and a half. Score at the half. Wofford 34, UNC 33. That's not what you're looking for. If we, you're we've gone it. from LeVar Ball. To Trey Young, to Wofford. I mean, folks, we hope you're enjoying this. We're covering everything. Let's get to somebody that you, you're you very glass half full on. Um, how about Cincy over UAPB, Arkansas Pine Bluff, of course. Um, you're one of your max value players, Kane Broom. He was a leading scorer for Cincinnati in this game. First time it happened all season. Is Mick Cronin secretly listening to the podcast? Is he no longer sleeping on the couch in your lover's quarrel? Is everything okay now? I like what Mick has done since the Xavier destruction. I do like that. He's gotten him back. He got him back to basics. They've started the game with more of a sense of urgency, Gus. It's been a, a lot better. 
they've been very hot. They've they beat Mississippi State. They ended up beating UCLA. And now they beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think what I would do if I'm Mick Cronin, and I would sit there, and if Jennifer is doing some – I give him like two minutes every game. So mm-hmm. Justin Jennifer is creating shots and he's getting in the lane. I would I, I would have a quick hook is what I'm saying. Kane Broom was three of five, had 17 points. He is the flammable player for this team. Kyle Washington had five, Gary Clark had six, Jacob Evans had 12, and we go through this all the time. <laughs> I, love, I, I love that it's now just like out of habit for you. That's like the, the, the tone of voice you break into when running down the box score. My issue is that I can't, they need to keep the game close. They can't have large spurts. And the only way to, to, to quell those large spurts, Mick likes to do it with tough defense in the zone, matchup zone, fine is to have a score. And the problem is when the going gets tough there, when I see with Cincinnati, they just start standing there passing the ball. You know when you play a zone sometimes, everybody turns into a tennis match. You just don't yeah. watch your heads go back and forth. You got to be active. You got to get in gaps. You got to be hyper. You got to be the opposite defense. Kane Broom can do that. So yeah, I'm happy about the 17 points. Mix my man. I love Cincinnati. I really want to see him in a final four. I think they got a shot, but I do need to see more flammable stuff. Jacob Evans seems to be the only guy, Gus, who you can count on for double figures every single game. Yeah, he might be an NBA player. He'd probably get drafted in the second round. I kind of like uh, where Evans game is at right now. Speaking of a uh, possible NBA player, uh, Bonzi Colson just said, like, hey, don't forget about me in the player of the year race. Oh, sure. He had 37-11 and 11 <laughs> in a win over Dartmouth. Uh, Notre Dame puts up uh, 97 points. Uh, Dartmouth uh, puts up uh, 87. So more Ivy later. But, um, yeah, Bonzi Colson said, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still really good, even though, you know, we lost a – we lost an uh, Indiana and Ball State. Um, so I, I don't know if that number or that score is a get-right game, but it certainly puts them in at least pointing in the right direction heading into conference play. And then how about this head-scratcher? How about Florida Gulf Close losing to FIU? Awful. I mean, that I mean, they need that game. They lost 91-88. That's a number of close bad losses by one of our favorites, Florida Gulf Coast. We might need to call or text Dana Caldwell and ask him what in the world is wrong down there, right? Seriously, yeah, seriously. You would think Brandon Goodwin would be good enough by himself to get by these games, but they have not. Florida Gulf Coast is 7-6. and six. Now, they can always run the, the, the table in the Atlantic Sun because they're the, the king of that division. But, Gus, they started off, they lost at Bowling Green. They then lost two games to Middle Tennessee State. No, right. no harm in that. We know Middle Tennessee State, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then they ended up beating four, winning four games in a row. They beat Navy, beat Denver, fine. Then after the second loss to Middle Tennessee State, they lost to Florida Atlanta, Texas Arlington in a huge game, which really hurts Texas Arlington the way this is going. Yeah, I know. And then they've lost to Oral Roberts and now FIU. Yeah. Very tough. And by the way, things, as we mentioned, you're heading to Wichita on December 22nd. If they beat Wichita, I'll be totally confused. I, I, like, nothing would make any sense, right? <laughs> the, the Rubik, the Rubik's Cube of the, of the college basketball season so far is Florida Gulf Coast. I, I, yeah, I can't figure them out. Um, how, how about, you know, you, we talked a little bit about uh, Western Kentucky on uh, the previous podcast, but Belmont beats Western Kentucky 75-72 in a huge mid-major matchup where either team that gets into the dance can definitely win a game. I, I love Belmont. They were on one of my, uh, you know, summer road trip podcasts as like one of those under undercover, under the radar teams. They have an excellent trio. They have a big Dylan Widner uh, who can shoot from outside. Uh, they have a wing in Amazi Igizi. He is really talented. Uh, he can do multiple things. He kind of went off in that game against Providence. And they have a really sure-handed point guard in Austin Luke. They hit 14 threes in this game. They are definitely an issue. I think Belmont moving forward. 
Belmont is a team to pay attention to. They might be one of those teams that we should pay attention to more than Florida Gulf Coast moving forward as far as like your little March Cinderella who can win a game upset type team. Belmont has sort of established themselves as that second level mid-major. Gonzaga is no longer mid-major. We know that. But they're on that level to me of a St. Mary's. So I was really rooting for Western Kentucky because I want to see the Western Kentucky build their resume for an at-large. People are going to blow me off. I said this last time. Right. Villanova close loss, Purdue, SMU, those are big wins. The Wisconsin game they should have won. Right. It would have been nice to see them get this one. Right. Now they are seven and five. Conference USA, they're going to have to have a strong run. I don't know, Gus, if this schedule is enough to get them in if they were to hypothetically lose in the finals of the Conference USA. I think it's an interesting conversation to have moving forward, but I also think that they have, you know, they have to be top shelf in conference, maybe lose one of those games to, um, to middle. Uh, and then reach the finals, and then I think we have a conversation that's worth having. But until until we get to that point, like I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. So let's say Middle Tennessee State and Western Kentucky both end up having one loss in Conference USA. Okay. I know that's very difficult, right. to do, but let's yeah. just say it happens. They win on each other on their own home court, right? right? Then they get to the finals of the Conference USA tournament, and Middle Tennessee State on a giddy pots three beats Western Kentucky at the buzzer, mm-hmm. something like that. Sure. St. Mary's loses both games to Gonzaga and loses in the semifinals to BYU, the West Coast Conference. I will not want St. Mary's in that tournament because I will think Western Kentucky has done a better job. They will have dominance in their conference, just like St. Mary's should have dominance in their conference, probably even more so for Western Kentucky, Mm -hmm. and their non-conference schedule and wins are more impressive. That's why this loss is bad because I think this would have given them really like a solid third quality win. Oh, without question. And the the Wisconsin game was was a snow job. Very annoyed. Yeah. If they got, yeah, imagine how different, yeah, imagine how different their resume would look with that Wisconsin win in this Belmont. Yeah. That, 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 True road win, man. To be honest, you know what we're talking? We're talking about maybe like they're on the outside of the top 25, like looking to get ranked maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and Gus, the new rank, the new way they do it, right? The committee, that the, 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 the type A, the type B, the type C, D wins, mm-hmm. right? That's a type A win. It's a road win. Oh, for sure. A road win against a top team. Yeah. On, you know, I'm saying it's Wisconsin. They're down, but that's still a great win for Western Kentucky. So the way it is now, I don't know. But certainly, they got to take care of business in their conference. Okay, last one we'll get to here as far as the games are concerned. We'll talk, we have to talk about USC falling to the Ivy Power that is Princeton. Crazy. So, Princeton goes all the way to California and takes down USC, who was ranked in the top 10 preseason, and they beat them in overtime 103 93. Miles Stevens moves into Mike Smith territory of Columbia. That's a huge (laughs) impact player for the Ivy. Shout out to Dr. Tony. Uh, He had 30 points in this particular game while um, Devin Canada continues his stellar year for the Tigers. Listen to these numbers. They're a little crazy. 50% from the field, 51% from three, 92 from the line. He threw in 23 points with nine boards and four dimes. Dr. Tony's Ivy is alive and kicking. And what is wrong with USC? You can't tell me, Gus, that DeAnthony Melton makes this big a difference. I mean, he makes his 10th straight game because the school is holding him out because of the potential FBI investigation. I know he was eight points last year, and he's very important to what they're doing. I, I'm sure he would have been 12, 13 maybe points per game. But you got to be Princeton at home. I'm, I'm sorry. There's all this to it. No offense to Princeton. It's a great win for Princeton. A fantastic win for Princeton. Well done. The Trojans are now six and four. They're in an absolute free fall. Arizona State is, is moved well past them now. They got to worry about games at Oregon now, USC. These are not easy games that they're going to win. 
Uh, Metu at 25, McLaughlin at 24, Stewart at 20. But outside of that, they got very, very little. They haven't been able to do to do much. This is a USC team. Gus started the season on fire. They had four wins in a row. Tough loss to Texas A&M, no problem with that. But then they lost to SMU, and it particularly wasn't close by 17 down there in SMU. Trey Young came in, thank you very much, 85-83. And then since then, they got a couple wins, cheap wins, but now the loss to Princeton, and they're about to they got one more game here against Akron. That's not going to be easy. No, zips, and then, zips and, are going to be tough. And then you got Washington. Here's Hopkins with the zone. I mean, it, it's it's going from bad to worse here. So unless you're, unless DeAnthony Melton is the second coming of Trey Young, I got nothing to say. Right. I, I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, so props to Princeton, props to the Ivy for sure. Hey, uh, listeners out there, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike and I are always thankful that you guys tune us in during your busy week, especially during the holiday season. Happy holidays to everybody out there. I uh, hope everybody's getting all their presents wrapped. And uh, we want you to concentrate on the give this season. Don't concentrate on the get. Concentrate on the give. Don't forget to give a little bit more out there. Speaking of giving, if you like what you're listening to, use a little of that give and give us a nice review on iTunes, people. Uh, Hit us up on iTunes. We'd love to give you a shout out on the podcast. If you give us a positive review, we'll read it out and give your your tag name a, a shout out for sure. Email the podcast at s the s podcast at gmail.com we'd love to interact with you love to hear what you think of the podcast and uh later on this week uh we'll be putting together another podcast of a couple odds and ends and if you have any questions you'd like mike or i to answer on that hit us up on twitter s the s podcast or email us your questions we'd love to answer any challenging or just holiday themed questions on the next podcast so uh help out the podcast and contribute out there folks partner that was a perfect job with the operational parts we love talking college basketball let us know. Contact us, like Gus said. We're coming at you as many times as we can. We have some great guests lined up as well. The Screen the Screener, College Basketball Podcast, LeVar Ball, Trey Young. We're covering it all. December 30th, can't get here fast enough. Remy Martin, N1 Mixtape, The Professor. Cheers. Gratulatia. Salancha, everybody. Thank you so much. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.